Well, let's thank the Lord for each other this morning. Intimacy. I thought this morning we might speak and talk and reflect on intimacy. If you look at the definition of intimacy, it's closeness, it's familiarity, it can be friendship, to know someone, to be known by someone, intimacy. Are you intimate with someone, with a spouse, with a friend, with a parent, someone you know well, and someone who knows you well, someone who you can share anything with without fear of rejection, someone that you can listen to and embrace all that they have to say. Intimacy, closeness, familiarity, to know and to be known. Now Jesus gives us a beautiful picture of intimacy when he talks about the vine in John 15. A branch and a vine, a vine and a branch. What could be more intimate than a branch connected to a vine? It's close. It's known. It knows. It basically shares the same life. The life of the vine flows through the branch. It's of one, it's of one essence. It's separate but indivisible. It's one. And Jesus gives us this beautiful picture of intimacy when he talks about the vine and the branches. And he says that I am the true vine and you are my branches. And then the exhortation, abide in me, in my intimacy and in this intimate relationship. Now I think most of us in this room this morning, or 90%, are, are born again believers. We at some time, someday, at some moment, ask Christ into our hearts, into our lives. But the question I would like to rise today is, your relationship with Christ, one of intimacy? Do you day by day, moment by moment, abide in that relationship? Do you make known to him everything that's on your heart? Do you seek, do I seek, to know everything that's on his heart? Are you as close to him as a branch is to the vine? Do you feel his closeness as a branch would feel the vine flowing its life through it? Do you 
and I experience that today? Well, Jesus talks about his intimacy with his father. Philip comes up to Jesus in the 14th chapter of John and says, Philip, Philip says, Jesus, show us the father and we shall be satisfied. And what did Jesus say to Philip? He said, Philip, have I been with you so long? Have I been with you so long that you do not see, that you do not understand that he who has seen me has seen the Father? Jesus said, don't you understand? If you see me, you see the Father. Don't you know that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? He goes on to say, and the words that I speak are not mine, but they are the authority of the Father living through me. And the works that I do are not mine. They are the Father. This is a beautiful picture, brothers and sisters, of intimacy of the Son with the Father. He says, the words I speak are not mine, but my Father's. The works I do are not mine, but my Father's. He who has seen me sees the Father because we are one, we are intimate, we are joined together. It's a beautiful picture of intimacy. And we'll talk about that a little bit more later, but that's the intimacy that he wants you and I to have with himself. Where at some point, we'll never say, you who see me has seen Jesus, but he wants to show himself through you, and he wants to show himself through me, just as the Father showed himself through Christ. He wants the world to see him through you and through me. And in that same chapter, Jesus verbally announces his intimacy with the Father. Do you know what? In Scripture, there is no place where Jesus says, I love the Father, except in John 14, 31. We know he loved the Father. It's implied, it's understood, he's part of the Trinity. But nowhere in all of Scripture do those words come out. And in that chapter, Jesus is saying, he says, the prince of this world, he said, I'm not going to speak to you much more because the prince of this world is coming. And he has no power over me at all. But that the world may know that I love the Father. There it is. It's the only time in all the scripture you hear those words out of Jesus' mouth. That the world may know that I love the Father. Rise. Let's go from here. Jesus was taking off to Calvary to prove to the world that he loved the Father. And this intimacy that he talked about earlier, where he says, my meat is to do the will of the Father. I live off doing the will of the Father. This is all just a picture of this intimacy between the Son and the Father. This oneness, this indivisibility. Jesus would say, he who has seen me has seen the Father. Okay, now let's talk about the intimacy 
he shares with us. And he wants to be present with us. Jesus announces in John 15 his love for us. He says, as the Father has loved me, I have loved you. Christ held nothing back from us. There's nothing that he held back. Now he's waiting for us to respond to that and hold nothing back. It's his invitation. As the Father has loved me, and that is without reservation, I have loved you. There's nothing that I reserve. You know, we had the communion service this morning. And we think about Calvary, we think about Gethsemane, and we think about intimacy. Jesus in John 12 tells us, it's a metaphor, he speaks of the fact that unless a grain of wheat falls on the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it brings forth much fruit. But after he gives that metaphor, it, he just realizes it's a metaphor. It's a, it's a picture of his own crucifixion. And what does he say? He says, oh, now my soul is troubled. And what should I say? Father, save me from this hour. But it's like he rehearses the truth to himself. No, no, no. For this very cause, I came to this hour. Glorify yourself. And then we're told that a voice came from heaven and says, I have glorified myself and I will glorify myself again. But just a few days later, we find Christ in Gethsemane doing what? Doing the very thing that in John 12, he reminded himself not to do. We find in Gethsemane that the emotions of the Son of God are no longer in line with his theology. He hadn't forgotten his mission. He hadn't forgotten why he was there. But we see the emotions of a man three times asking to be spared. We see the intimacy of the Father who three times listened and three times said no. And then we see the intimacy of the Son who, even though his feelings were completely opposed to his theology at this point, bowed the knee and in perfect submission because he loved the Father submitted himself to the cross. What an intimacy. The reason the Father said no to Jesus thrice 
is because he looked into eternity future and he saw every one of us sitting in this room. And Father said, I want to have an intimate relationship with them. No. I want to have an intimate relationship with Steve. No. I want to have a relationship with Mary. And then he turned to his son and said, no. You see, the, the intimacy, Father choosing, wanting to know us and for us to know him. Jesus also in John 15 says, I no longer call you servants. I call you friends. Because all that I have heard from the Father, I have made known to you. All that I have heard from the Father, I have made known to you. I no longer call you a servant. I call you a friend. Intimacy. Intimacy. To be familiar with. To be close. To know and to be known by. That's what he wants. So, are you, do you have an intimate relationship? Do I have an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ? As intimate as a branch has with a vine? During the week, do you find yourself talking to him during the day? Sharing with him during the day? You know, people say that People would share their problems with anybody. They'll complain about their situation with anybody. But we only really share our joys with those who we're close to, with those to whom we are intimate with, their joys, our joys. Do you share your joys with the Father during the week? Just your troubles? Do you share joys too? Are you intimate? Well, who or what keeps us from being intimate with our Father? Who or what spoils us from this relationship that Christ had with the Father and that he wants to have with us, this relationship of a vine and a branch? What or who spoils that? Who doesn't want us to be intimate? What doesn't want us to be intimate with him? Well, I would suggest it's the world, it's the flesh, and it's the devil. The world, the flesh, and the devil does not want us to be intimate with Christ. John, in his first letter, says, Love not the world or the things of this world, because he who who is in love with the world is an enemy of God. All that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life, they all pass away. He who does not, he who loves the world does not love the Father. So, 
Are we intimate with the things of this world? Are we as close to our Heavenly Father as we are close to the things of this world? And we wake up in the morning, is our first thought of something in this world, or is it our relationship with our Heavenly Father? Jesus teaches where your treasure is, there your heart will abide. What we draw life from, what we value, that's where our heart will be. That's where our intimacy will be. That's where we will live. Brothers and sisters, Lucifer cannot take our salvation. He can't do that. We are saved by the blood of the cross, and no one can take us out of our Father's hand. But you know what Lucifer can do? Lucifer can keep you and keep me from achieving the potential that you and I were purchased by Christ to enjoy. The potential of being the man or woman who Christ saved you and I to be. And when I talk about potential, I know the first thing that comes to your mind is, well, that I can go accomplish something, I can be something, or I can do something, or I can share the gospel with somebody. But you ask God about potential, you know what he does? He points to Jesus. And he says, that daughter, that son, is your potential. What Christ was is your potential. Christ was what God created a man to be. And you might say, I might say, well, I could never reach that potential because he was God. But brothers and sisters, we must remember that he laid aside his deity, his right to deity, when he came to earth. He was still deity, but he never drew upon it. His every temptation was to call upon his deity whether it be turning a rock into bread or casting himself off the temple, his every temptation was to call upon his deity. He said no and lived nothing more than as a man. And that's why he would say, the words I speak are not mine but my father's. The works I do are not mine but the father's. The miracles of Christ were not his. They were the miracles of the father flowing through him. Jesus wasn't the only man who walked on water. Remember, Peter did also. We forget that. Peter also walked on water. How did he do that? Because he was intimate for a moment with the deity of the universe, with the Trinity. And Jesus says, if you will get intimate with me, Father says, if you will get intimate with me, that what happened in Christ can happen in you. And when he talks about the vine and the branch and bearing much fruit, he's not talking about fruitful work. He's talking about fruit is the very expression of the life of the plant. It has pulp that people can feed off of. It has seeds of new life. And when somebody or something takes a bite out of you, <laughs> has anybody ever taken a bite out of you? When this world takes a bite out of you, 
what do they taste? Do they taste love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and meekness and self-control? Or do they taste you and I rebelling and trying to control, trying to be on top of things? You cannot, I cannot imitate the life of Christ. You and I can say, well, I'm going to, this, I promise, when I go to school today, I'm not going to yell at my kids. I promise when I go to work today, I'm going to listen to my employees. I promise I'm going to do this and this and this. It's like a New Year's resolution. No sooner does it get out of your mouth than God lets you fall and realize, and let me realize, that I can't do that. You and I cannot imitate Christ. It's impossible. But Christ wants to produce and reproduce his life through each of us, through you and through me, as we abide in him. Husbands, how can you possibly lead your families unless you are in an intimate relationship with Jesus? How can you stay away from pornography? How can you not lust after your work and lust after success and lust after the things of this world? How can you care for your wife if your mind is always thinking about something in this world or something you can do or something you accomplish? How can you possibly raise your children in your flesh and in my flesh? Well, it can be done but they will not grow up in a home that the father wanted for them. Those children are not going to grow up in a home where their mothers are loved as Christ loved the church. And they're not going to grow up in a home when they feel loved by an earthly father as our heavenly father loves us. I spend a lot of time with men. And I speak to very few who can honestly tell me that they have not been damaged by their family of origin. And the father wound is unbelievable. I can remember my father who grew up in an abusive home, whose father was an alcoholic, beat his wife, beat the kids, and I remember when I was about six years old, my father brought me this watch, showed it to me, it was a gold Bulova pocket watch. And he said, I'm going to send this to my father for Christmas. Actually, I still have that watch today. It sits on my desk. That was my grandfather's watch. He died. But my father was still trying to earn the affection of his father 
when he was in his 50s. Because we are made to be loved by a father. This is the church. We are the body of Christ. We cannot become intimate with one another unless we first become intimate with him. To know him, to be known by him, to share every thought with him, every feeling. Is there something you can't share with him? If you believe there should be nothing you cannot share with him because there's nothing you've done or thought that he doesn't already know. And he paid for it. You don't turn him off. He knows our frame. He remembers that we're dust. We need to share everything with him. Everything. Are you having trouble reading the scriptures? Tell him. I find your word boring, Father. Help me. You don't give him any information. He knows everything about you. He knows every, he knows every word before it comes off your lips. He knows every thought before you think it. I have trouble with Christians. Okay. Great. Help me, Father. I have trouble trusting you. Okay. What else? There's nothing that we can't tell him because he already knows it. But it's important that we tell him. That's how intimacy develops. To be intimate. To let him know how we feel. I have problems with pornography. I don't like my oldest child. Tell him. Don't stuff those feelings. Tell him. Bringing things out into the light of his love and presence and intimacy is where healing comes. Get it out. Get it out. Be intimate. Be close. Be familiar. Let yourself be known to him and he will let himself be known to you. What in your life blocks intimacy with Father? What in my life blocks intimacy with Father? Unconfessed sin? Unforgiveness? The lust of the flesh? The lust of the eye? The pride of life? The lust of the flesh, uncontrolled, unbridled appetites for earthly satisfiers? Lust of the eye, the things we want or desire to have for happiness, for peace, for life apart from him. And the pride of life, want to be acknowledged and recognized for who we are, what we have, what we've done, who we know, and what we look like. That stuff, brothers and sisters, is terrible. But that's the world. And we live in this world. But he calls you and I into an intimacy with him. He calls us to be in this world, but not be of this world. He says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might prove what is the perfect and acceptable will for God. And the perfect, acceptable will for God for you and for me is to be as intimate with him as the branch is with the vine. And Jesus in John 17 prayed that. 
He said, Father, the glory with which you have given me, your own presence, this intimacy, I have given them that they may be one. I in them, you in me, that the world may know that you have sent them, sent me, and loved them as you have loved me. That the world may know that you have sent me and loved them as you have loved me. And he ends that chapter, John 17 says, I have declared your name unto these men you've given me, and I will declare it, that the love with which you have loved me, that that love may dwell in them and I in them. Christ in you. Paul preached it. The hope of glory for me to live is Christ, and to die is just a little more Christ. Christ who is my life. So this week is your question for the week. What is keeping me from being intimate? with Christ and what can I do what can I do to grow more intimate and closer with Christ let me pray for us You tell us in Scripture, Father, that eye has not seen and ear has not heard what you have prepared for the sons of men, your children. Father, we do not forget the great price in which we are brothers and sisters, sons and daughters. Even the blood of your son, Jesus. But Father, we confess that all too often we have forgotten that you purchased us not only to live with you forever but for you to transform us into the very image and likeness of your son through the power of your Holy Spirit. So Father, we confess that apart from you we can do nothing any more than a branch can bear fruit apart from the vine neither can we do anything apart from you we confess this morning, Father, that we can't even sin unless you give us strength and breath and consciousness to do that. And we don't want to do that. And Father, we really can't love you like you want to be loved. We can't trust you. We can't hear you. We can't understand. We can't love our spouses. We can't love our children. We can't be the employer or the employee you want us to be. We cannot teach. Father, apart from you, we can do nothing. So would you please love yourself through us? Would you trust yourself through us? Would you think your thoughts through us? Would you desire your, th desire your will through us? Would you just live your life through us? Would you love my wife through me? Would you love my husband through me? Would you raise my children through me? Would you lead my people through you, through me? Would you establish your work through my hands? Would you give me a consciousness of your presence every moment of my week this week that I might abide in your presence? And would you fill me with your spirit to love yourself through me, trust yourself through me, think your thoughts through me, desire your will through me, to just live your life through me. And we make this prayer, Father, in the name of your Son, who gave it all, that we might also be your sons and daughters. In the precious name of Christ, amen.